what kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Episode 29, Investing for Frugal Folks. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Hello, welcome back. It's November. How y'all doing? This is Jen. This one's Jill. Here I am. And we're so excited for today's episode of the Frugal Friends podcast. I know we say we're always excited, but I'm like especially super excited for this Mm -hmm. one, Jill. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have someone who knows their stuff and is going to give us some good content. I know. Because we're just always winging it. So it's nice to (laughs) finally have somebody on that knows what they're talking about. Usually a bunch of question marks with our episodes, but this one, you know, we can feel good about it because he went to college. He did. He's been doing this like a long time. So before we get into our interview, uh, we got some sponsors to tell Let's you about. Let's talk about our sponsors. You love Let's them. We it. love them. Yeah. Everyone loves them. If you haven't heard yet, we've partnered with CookSmarts to offer listeners 25% off meal planning with the promo code FRUGAL. It's spelled exactly how you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you found the Frugal Friends podcast, most likely you know how to spell FRUGAL. And CookSmarts is a really great meal planning service that provides recipes, instructions, weekend prep options, and a shopping list for four meals per week. And you can start with three free weeks of meal plans if you sign up at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash cs and if you want to continue use the promo code frugal for 25% off your purchase I love so there's that. so many great things for you again not it's not an official sponsor we're partnered with them they're mm-hmm. giving us some good deals for our frugal friends so take advantage right it's like Jill doesn't sponsor me but we've we're partners so yeah that's how that and we're is. friends yeah. And she still gives me tips mm-hmm. and uh, deals. <laughs> Our next sponsor, uh, this episode is brought to you by water. It's necessary <laughs> to sustain life, not just your life, but also your non-plastic plants life. It helps you clean stuff <laughs> so it doesn't smell and your stuff looks newer longer. It's always the cheapest thing on the menu and the thing your fitness app reminds you you're never getting enough of. Water. Drink it. Use it. Remember to water your plants. Oh, man. Excellent. 
What a big sponsor, wow. too. I mean, the I world relies upon water. Our bodies are like 80% water. And here we have them bringing you this episode. So you know it's an important episode. <laughs> you know it's a big one if water has agreed to sponsor this Jeez. episode. So, what does water not have its hand in, though? Let's be honest. Literally, it's There's a joke to be said about that, but I don't know what it is right now. we'll laugh anyways right uh so let's not waste any time let's flow right into our interview with andrew wong and uh, get it learn some about frugal investing get it all right y'all we are here with andrew wong from runnymede capital Thank you so much for being on the Frugal Friends podcast, Andrew. Uh, It's so awesome to be here. It's always good to have Frugal Friends. Yes, it is. Welcome. Thank you. We are so excited to get to talk to you today about investing. I think that this content will bring a lot of really good things for our listeners and for me, let's be honest. (laughs) But to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do as a financial advisor? Sure, absolutely. I think, well, thank you for having me on the show. I think that investing can be a super fun subject, but it can also be heavy and complex. So Mm -hmm. we'll try to keep it more on the fun side so that hopefully listeners can get something out of it. Yes, Um, we love that. (laughs) I'm a fee only financial advisor. I've been in the business for nearly 20 years. I'm part of a family business. So this is in my blood. Uh, my father wow. started the company, um, gosh, 25 years ago. And I work with my brother, my father. My mom is here most of the time to make sure that the boys are behaving themselves. And <laughs> Does she succeed in that? Most of the time, yes. Most of the time, <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. And I don't know. We, the boys, we, we, when we're honest... I think that we should really defer to her. We say, you know, she would (laughs) probably be running our company much better uh, if we just gave her the reins. Uh, But otherwise, it's a family business and and it's, you know, well-balanced. We we each do different tasks and we we help uh, individuals to prepare for retirement. We help companies to run their 401k plans. And then we run some institutional funds too as their institutional money managers. Wow. That's fantastic. And you, you're kind of in a bit of a minefield there. I don't know, just in my estimation to be in a family business and then also working in finances and discussing finances all the time. Those seem to be like the two areas for like greatest stress, but it sounds like it's going really well for you. That's fantastic. Yeah. I tell friends that, you know, I have my days. There are <laughs> there are days when you're like, why am I working with my dad? Um, but, but those are, those days are far in the minority. Um, right. I really That's enjoy awesome. working with family. And yeah, the, the downside is that sometimes when you're at Thanksgiving dinner, it's hard to <laughs> put the work uh-huh. aside. It seems like you're always mm-hmm. working. Yeah. Um, but I can see the benefits because um, both my brother and I worked at uh, outside, you know, we worked outside of the family business before joining my dad. So we we don't take it for granted that we don't have big office politics here. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about what is the person in the next cubicle um, yeah. doing or trying to vie for <laughs> like a promotion. Yeah. Or something. So 
it's nice working with family and we have each other's backs all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you guys are fee-only financial advisors, but like what's the difference for all the other titles? And like, do you need a financial advisor to get started or do you need any of them? Like that's confusing in and of itself. I want to talk about a couple of things here. I'm an advisor, right? So I'll try to be as objective as possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Being an advisor, I, I'm going to yes. say that I'm coming to this conversation with some bias. But yeah. if I'm going to be as objective as I can, like mm-hmm. I'm coming here as the listener's friend, I don't think that you need an advisor to get started investing. But mm-hmm. that said, every individual's different. So results may vary. Like there are some people who, they don't want to do it themselves or they Mm -hmm. cannot do it themselves. Like Mm -hmm. no matter how much research or time that they have to learn and, and, and try to do it on their own, sometimes they're just not going to do it. So it totally depends. You know, it's no, it's like, it's no different from outsourcing like house cleaning or lawn care. It's like, sometimes you can do it yourself. You don't Mm -hmm. need to hire somebody, but then there are benefits of hiring somebody too. Um, yeah. It can go both ways. Yeah. I remember when we started looking into investing, we had no, absolutely no clue, but I am by nature, like a really avid researcher and learner. It's like one of my strengths on the strengths finder. Um, so it was more beneficial to me to learn all that stuff and do it. But I also know people that have absolutely no desire to do that. In which case mm-hmm. they should not just like blindly go invest in the first thing that pops up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there. Yeah. It probably would come with knowledge of self and what you're good at and what you're not good at and letting other people major in those things. Yeah, that's part of it. And then the other thing is that investing can be really simple or it can be so complex. Mm-hmm. So it depends mm-hmm. how you're approaching it too. And I think that the beauty is that there is a way to approach investing in a simple, basic way. And Mm -hmm. if you do that, most people should be able to get started on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. The second thing that I wanted to talk about is financial advisors in general. Like, that is so confusing. I mean, I've been in the business for a long time, and so I understand the differences, but Mm -hmm. anyone can call themselves a financial advisor. So it's confusing. So for listeners who feel they need help and want to engage a financial advisor, just know that there are differences. And the word fiduciary is important. The word fee Mm -hmm. only is important because the difference comes down to how is the advisor making money? How are they being paid? Mm -hmm. Are they making a commission um, based on selling a product that could be a mutual fund, that could be an annuity? Sometimes they're insurance people, so they also sell insurance. In cases where they're getting paid a commission, there's potential for conflict of interest where they don't have the client's interests, uh, best interests at heart, right? Mm -hmm. They are motivated by selling a product that pays them better. It's important to ask, how does the advisor get paid? And Mm -hmm. to add even more confusion, there are advisors who are dual registered advisors. So they'll say that I'm a fiduciary. I put my client's interests first, but they're also brokers and can get paid a commission. 
in which case they'll say, well, it depends which hat I'm wearing. Sometimes I have my fiduciary hat on. Other times I have my product sales hat on. And Mm -hmm. that gets confusing too. The pure fee-only fiduciary advisors, which my firm is one, uh, I think it's relatively small. Tony Robbins spent a lot of time in his book talking about you know, what the differences are in types of advisors and the fee-only fiduciary advisors. I think it's just like 10% of all financial advisors. Oh, wow. So it's something to be aware of, right? Just okay. ask, how are they being paid? Can they get paid commissions or not? And mm-hmm. then if they say yes, just understand that you have to be mindful that there may be cases where they're not required by law to act in your best interest, right? They could say, well, this product is suitable for you and that's why I'm recommending it. But ultimately, if you sort of lift the the veil, you say, okay, Mm -hmm. well, between product A and product B, product A pays them higher, like a better commission. So that's why they're going to sell it. Uh So buyer beware. Right. So you'd have to be a little bit more of a shrewd investor if you are stepping outside of the fee only kind of financial advisory realm. Is that what you're saying? Well, not to say that there aren't good, capable advisors who do collect a commission, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that the consumer should be aware of those things in the way that Mm -hmm. our industry works. A lot of it is not transparent. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And any, like I said, anyone can call themselves a financial advisor. So it could be an insurance, it could be an insurance agent. It could be a certified financial planner. It could be mm-hmm. like, there's no mm-hmm. clear way to know without asking them, you know, how are you compensated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. this is a, this would be an easy trip up for somebody who's frugal because I actually met with a broker who called himself a financial advisor and we were going to set up our IRAs through his company. But I just got like a weird feeling because I had no clue what fees or commissions were at the time. Um, But I just felt like it was the percentage taken out was going to be a lot of money. But his time with me was free. Initially, like that attracted to me to that because I didn't have to pay for the initial meeting. Whereas with a fee-only fiduciary, you do have to pay for their time, but they're not getting commissions on whatever you are buying. Um, right. So mm-hmm. that's like an important thing to know in your like frugality, to know long-term uh, what the cost of that advisor mm. will be. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to frugal friends out there, it's true. Um Many brokers who charge a commission, sometimes they're collecting a fee from the mutual fund that you own. They get like a sales commission and you don't see that coming out. It, it, it's done in the pricing of the mutual fund. So yeah, for, for those who are frugal, if they're working with an advisor who says that they don't charge anything... That <laughs> that does not exist yeah. because yeah. financial advisors out there are not charities. Right. And he was not a bad guy. He was a Mm -hmm. super nice guy trying to put me in the best thing he had available. Um, But the only thing he had available was what would pay him money and put food on his table. So, um, but yeah, it is something to be aware of for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andrew, what in your mind 
are the benefits of being a frugal investor and why should we care about low cost investments? Well, I don't know. Do frugal, do frugal (laughs) friends even have to be convinced of that? I mean, it's like any money that you can save, you should be able to allocate towards something else. Or in the case of investing, the beauty of investing is that you're able to grow your money. And over time, if you do it well, you have the benefit of compound interest. It's like Mm. your money is compounding. You're getting compound growth. Mm. So when you can have the lowest fee, then your savings is being reinvested. And over time, having your money reinvested just grows at a faster rate. Mm. So that's why it's important. And the, I think that the fantastic thing about being an investor today is that there are so many choices and that costs keep coming down. I mean, mm-hmm. if we were talking 20 years ago, sure, there were options for low-cost investing. But today, there are so many more. And mm. I think the costs, you know, the costs keep um, being driven lower. So mm-hmm. the potential for someone who's frugal, there's mm-hmm. choice and costs keep going down. So it, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. So level of entry into investment is pretty, pretty accessible. Is that what you're saying? It's extremely accessible. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's an awesome time to be an investor, even mm. though, um, you know, I think that we... the month, this month of October, <laughs> last month of October, uh, <laughs> volatility <laughs> has returned to the market. So um, yeah. people may not necessarily feel that way. But I think when it comes to choice and accessibility, mm. it's a great time. Mm-hmm. Mm. And also, I think a lot of our listeners are kind of in their 20s and 30s, maybe even 40s. But we have so much time left in the market that some volatility right now isn't anything, you know, to be afraid of. It doesn't make me check my IRA or 401k any more frequently. Travis checks it sometimes and he'll tell me and I'm like, stop, don't tell me. (laughs) Yeah. What good is this doing for me? Right. (laughs) Talk to me when there's good news. Yeah. Yeah, that's Um, totally true. I mean, all the studies say that the earlier the earlier you start, the better, because mm-hmm. you have more runway to grow, you know, grow your money. And it is that power of compounding that lets you win over the long term. And the longer you have, the more you can afford to ignore the short term fluctuation, right? Because yep. if you're retired, then you do have to be more careful because you don't have a paycheck to um, cover short-term losses. But when you have a long time, then odds are on your side and the chances of doing well are very good. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, what do you consider low-cost investments? What are your favorite favorites for frugal investing and where do we get them? <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many choices. And I think for me, because I'm a little bit older, like I'm not even up to date using some of the newest things. But mm. like traditionally, Vanguard is the example of a company who wants to drive costs lower and offer consumers great products at super low cost that mm-hmm. the founder 
John Bogle. That's been his thing ever since he started Vanguard. And that still stands today. They want to provide products that the cost keeps going like closer and closer to zero. So Vanguard index funds, but now there are exchange traded funds that trade like stocks. There are iShares ETFs that have extremely low expenses. Then some of the newer things like there's Robinhood where you can open an account for free and have like no cost commission, I think. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com frugal. That's mintmobile.com frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete.me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and makes sure it stays off. Delete.me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, add a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. Mm. I personally have Vanguard because I like the fact that they are investor-owned. Yep. But I also know like Fidelity, Schwab... Fidelity actually won the race to zero. They're now offering management fee-free index funds. But how do we go about getting these? Can we go straight to the website? Is there an intermediate we should use? Also, where do we put them? Because I know it's not just advantageous to just open up the brokerage account and just put the money there, which is actually something a lot of people do. They don't actually invest it. What's that? They open their account and then they don't do anything? No, they open the account, they put the money in the brokerage, and they don't know that they have to actually pick somewhere to put it. Oh, I see. Right, right. They're like, like, they celebrate that they open the account. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's a big, that's a real thing. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that getting started, like first and foremost, most people should get started in their 401k. Because I think that it's estimated that 79% of Americans work for a company that offers a 401k plan. 
So make sure that you're paying attention to the 401k. Oftentimes, that's where you can get started first. Mm-hmm. If you're fortunate enough to have a company that is generous and offers some kind of matching, that's free money. So make sure you're contributing up to that match. Um, but in looking at the investments in your 401k, the fees still come into play because um, you know 401k plans they differ from one another company to company so you have to look within your plan and see which one which choices are actively managed those tend to be different mutual funds you're going to have like a growth you'll have value you'll have large cap mid cap small cap international but many of those are actively managed and you can go look to see what are the expense ratios and fees for those mutual funds you can go to morningstar.com or you can go to different websites and look that up But ideally, if you want to be frugal, you should also be looking at your passive choices. Most 401k plans today offer passive uh, index funds, but not all of them do. So if you have an S&P 500 index, you can go look that up, see if that's in your plan offered as a choice. And then even index funds, they were not all created equal. They have different expense ratios and fees. So you, you should do your homework at the same time when you're checking your actively managed choices. Check the index funds and see what kind of fees do they have too. Because odds are they're going to be cheaper than the actively managed, but they're not always as cheap as they should be. And mm-hmm. if they're not, then you can approach your human resources department or benefits and you, know, you can make a little noise because... Um, the company has a responsibility to be offering participants the best choices. And part of that is cost. Yeah, definitely. And so is there like a expense ratio that we should be looking to, to like, if it's at this point, maybe we should think about not putting as much in the 401k, but focusing maybe more on the IRA? Not really. I mean, I, I think it's like, Take it case by case, take a look. Hopefully, if you have an S&P 500 choice or any passive choices under 10 basis points, hopefully, annual expense. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them go down to like three or four basis points. So that would be like a 0.3 or 0.10%? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I know the fund that I started with in my IRA was just a thousand dollars minimum. And that's why I started with that because it was a lower minimum and it had a 0.16% expense ratio. Um, And then I actually had better options in my 401k because it didn't have like any minimums. That was one of the perks of doing it through the 401k is that you can start with very little Mm -hmm. um, and you still get the benefits of having that group plan. So I was able to get like the shares that you have to, you know, initially start with a minimum of $10,000 investment. And I got to do them, my, you know, my first $500 invested in my 401k. Right. 401ks are definitely super great options to start. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I said, it's a great place for most people. Like that's where you're going to get started. And then if you want to open up an IRA or have outside accounts, it's really easy. You either go to Vanguard.com or Fidelity.com. You can go to Schwab, um, Robinhood, any of them. But um, 
I, I think that I agree with you. When you go with Vanguard, you have like an industry leader. They have size. They have uh, a lot of advantages that if you are an investor, you don't have to worry that they're not going to be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and these other places are going to be there tomorrow, but they're they're also beholden to like shareholders. So True. which is not a bad thing. But like just for me personally, since I had the option to choose Vanguard because I had the minimum required to open account, I did that. Some people do not. I know Fidelity's new um, zero fee funds, they don't have a minimum. So if you're just trying to get started with something really teeny tiny, that sounds really good too. Yeah, all great choices. Yeah. It, it's it's hard to go wrong when you, <laughs> when you mm-hmm. have fees that are zero or close to zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's really unbelievable. So we're going to dive into some questions from our community. We have a Facebook group called the Frugal Friends Community, and we talk about all things frugal and all things GIF related. So GIF with a G-I-F, not G-I-F-T, because we're frugal and GIFs are free. (laughs) So we asked everyone what they would ask a financial advisor if they had their own podcast So we have a few of those here for you, Andrew. The first one is from Catherine, and she wants to know, after you recognize the importance of investing and want to start investing well or optimizing, where can you go to learn? Uh, How can she start integrating this thing into her busy life, which is literally lifelong learning about investing? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Well, I think that, it, you know, if, you, if you're if you looking for free resources, it goes back to your 401k again, because a lot of times your company, the 401k plan offers education and information. Like there's a website and you can log into that and try to read up just to learn more about concepts and different things that you should or shouldn't be doing. Um mm-hmm. But Catherine asks a great question. And when I hear the question, it really reminds me of this book that I read recently uh, by Danielle Town. And Danielle and her dad have the Invested podcast. And it's fun because her father is this accomplished investment guy. Like he's run some hedge funds and he sells courses, mm-hmm. teaching people. I think he's written at least a couple books that have been New York Times bestsellers. And Danielle's background is totally different because she's an attorney. She was like a startup attorney in Colorado, I think. And that startup attorney life was really taking a tax on her health. I mean, she was working long hours. She was, it was very intense and she was suffering from like stomach problems, which the doctors would say, well, we're not really sure what's wrong, but here's some medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, she reached the point where she said, okay, it's got to be stress related. And in her own personal sort of path, she said, well, she really needs to uh, level up her investing game. And she, she has the benefit of having this father who is extremely knowledgeable. And she says, she's not, she's an attorney. She's not a numbers person. She's much more verbal and can write and read Um so her, she wrote a book, and I think it's, it's a really good book in that it's investing-related. She tries to go through her own process 
of trying to ask her father questions. And that's the premise of their podcast, too. Mm. She asks her dad questions that most people are embarrassed to ask. And then she gets Mm -hmm. answers. And the book's great because she wanted to write a book that really outlined sort of a Warren Buffett approach to doing research, understanding Mm -hmm. companies. You know, what types of companies do you want to own over the long term? How do you do some of that analysis in her process of learning? I think she calls it her investing practice. Mm. And it wasn't an easy thing to do. But like anything, if you're trying to develop new habits, routines, and processes, you want to make it like a regular thing. So Mm. if you're doing a budget monthly, or I talked to someone recently who said you should be looking at your budget every like first and 15th of the month, build your investing practice into that too. Mm. So you can look at, you know, what types of companies do you want to invest in? Do you want to listen to company conference calls and learn more? I mean, there's so many things that you can do today to learn, right? Because of the internet, um, the companies publish all kinds of reports. You can listen to conference calls, but I think it comes down to how much do you want to be involved? And if you're willing to do the homework, you can just start with like, Start with the company where you work and do some research on the company. Understand how are their earnings? You know, is the company mm-hmm. growing? What are some of the challenges? And it comes down to do you want to be an investor or a speculator? I think that most of us want to be investors. So it's playing the long game. And the lesson that I learned from my father is that earnings matter. It goes back to, you know, if we're kids and we're setting up a lemonade stand in front of our house, part of it is for fun and the activity and having neighbors come be supportive. But if you're going to be measured as a business, even if you're a little kid selling lemonade, like it matters that you actually made a profit. You don't want to sell Mm -hmm. for each cup of lemonade that you make, you lost because you went to Whole Foods and bought like organic lemons and you're not charging enough. So earnings Mm -hmm. matter. (laughs) For investors, it's like you want companies Uh, Same thing. You want to identify companies that are making money every quarter, preferably consistently because they have great management teams who can manage that growth. And companies that grow quarter after quarter, year after year, they're going to increase in value because there should be some relationship between their earnings growth and their stock price. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out too, is that even if you're not investing in individual companies, like in these index funds, these individual companies are still in these funds. And there are more and more specialized funds coming out that people are wanting to get into like the marijuana funds or the sustainable energy funds or or whatever, whatever. Um, so it's still a good idea if that's kind of something you want to get into, not necessarily single company, but like more niche funds to do this too. It's not like a requirement, but but yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely something that we don't talk about a lot. Yeah, we talked about the choice. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. probably a great time to be an investor, but it's a double-edged sword too because there's so many choices. You can be paralyzed mm-hmm. in trying to do analysis and understand. But um yeah, just one quick thought, even with like S&P 500 as an index, you can still look at the earnings. You can go to standardandpours.com mm-hmm. and they publish like a quarterly earnings estimate for like, I think the next two years plus the past. 
and the earnings matter. You'll see that if you were to actually take the time to plot the earnings, when the earnings like decelerate, usually it coincides with the recession, and then there's a stock market correction. So earnings mm-hmm. matter, even for the, if you're looking at one company, but it even applies to the 500 companies as a group. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always take, I always take a look at like the five, 10 and 30 year growth. So, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't switch over to Fidelity when they introduced those zero fee funds, because like they're in all like most index funds are proprietary. So they're not exactly the index that they're tracking. So it's like, I want to have that five, 10, 30 year track to be able to look back to, to see the earnings. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my own like personal preference. I don't know if that's like recommended. That's good that you're doing your homework. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better like Monarch. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features, so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. Hey, Andrew, to move on to the next question from one of our listeners, Heidi, she wants to know what a backdoor Roth is. She says that a lot of people recommend a Roth IRA over a traditional IRA, but she's heard there are some limitations on the Roth. So she doesn't have one. She has a traditional, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this one's a pretty advanced subject. Okay. Um, (laughs) I think. Way to go, Heidi. (laughs) I think a lot of people don't even know about a backdoor Roth, and it's a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say controversial, but... It's, it's kind of a loophole that exists today where the Roth IRA phases out depending on how much money you have. Like there are income limits. So in 2018, if your modified adjusted gross income is $135,000 if you're single or if it's $199,000 for a married couple filing jointly, then you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. 
And the difference between the Roth and the traditional is that the Roth, you're paying the taxes when you're funding it. So you're you're paying taxes up front with the idea that over time you're going to grow it. And when you take the money out, you already paid your taxes. Mm. So the longer runway that you have as an investor, it makes sense to pay the taxes up front. Hopefully you don't have like a super high tax bracket right now. So you're paying a lower tax bracket. And then if the funds in the Roth appreciate over time, so say 30 years from now, that money is tax-free essentially because you paid your taxes already. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas the traditional IRA, it's a tax-deferred investment and you're not paying the taxes until later. So Mm -hmm. 30 years from now, again, you're making the assumption that it's appreciated a significant amount and now you have to pay taxes on that appreciated amount. So the backdoor Mm -hmm. Roth is a way... If your income level is too high and you cannot fund a Roth IRA, but you want to, the backdoor is a way to do it. And what you're doing is you're funding a traditional IRA and then you're converting it into a Roth IRA. And so I've seen people who use this because they're making more than the $135,000. The thing is though, If you have an IRA that's already funded, it makes it much more difficult to do this conversion. Mm -hmm. Ideally, you don't have an IRA that has money in it. And then each year you're you're taking your IRA that's at zero, you put the money in that you're that you want to go into the Roth, and then you're doing this conversion. Mm. But it's it's a little comp it's complicated. It's a little bit complex, not terrible. But I would say that for those who are looking to do this, they should consult like a tax expert just mm-hmm. to make sure that they're doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And you, if you're going to do it, you should also know that it's kind of a loophole right now that exists that allows you to do this. And, you know, the tax regulations could change in mm-hmm. the future. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's something that people are doing. Um, I think a couple of years ago I was reading about it and, and the article that I read was saying, well, you know, you can do it. It's definitely legal, but (laughs) they're like, yeah, you don't even want to be that public about publishing that you, (laughs) so I don't know. Yeah. I guess it depends, but certainly there are people, there are enough people doing it that I think it's safe to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will never need to do a backdoor Roth. Um, so, just based on income, is that, based is on, that yeah, income based on income, uh, I don't believe I will ever need to consider a backdoor Roth, but this is, I do have a, a regular Roth IRA. Uh, yeah. Yeah. so I do love that because I have a, <laughs> a nice steady average tax bracket. So, yeah. And I think for many people when making the decision, whether to put it in a traditional Roth or the. Uh, traditional IRA or the Roth, it's like, is it better to pay the taxes up front? And I think for most, because you're assuming that it's going to grow over time, it's like better to pay now. Mm-hmm. But it's not clear cut. Like you don't know how things are going to play out. So usually people sort of take like a, you know, you take a, a balanced approach. It's like, all right, I'm going to fund my traditional IRA. I'm going to fund my Roth IRA. And that way 
you're you're funding both buckets and mm-hmm. that's like the that's taking the average like you're like well i don't know how it's going to end up at retirement mm-hmm. but i'll kind of do a little bit of both mm-hmm. take a balanced approach and then mm-hmm. yeah when well, you get there hopefully um you know it worked out yeah <laughs> i only i mean i since i do contribute to the 401k and that's so close to a traditional ira I like max out my Roth IRA because, and I feel good about doing that because I'm like 22% tax bracket while we're recording this in 2018. Um, And I mean, it may not be good for everyone, but like, I feel good about it. Like, I feel like that's a, a small enough tax bracket to make the tax benefits of the Roth IRA work for me. Totally. That's a solid strategy. You're fully funding your 401k and then you're fully funding your Roth IRA mm-hmm. because you're willing to pay the taxes and then at retirement, hopefully it grew a lot and you I don't hope. have to pay taxes anymore on the Roth. And then also um, you'll never have to take minimum required distributions out of the Roth. So if you, if you are lucky enough to want to pass that on to your beneficiary someday, you're not being forced to take money out of it and pay taxes on it. Which, which is the case with a traditional IRA. Mm-hmm. After age 70 and a half, you have to take money out and pay the taxes. The government wants their taxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I won the mega millions later in life, then I could just pay, I could live <laughs> off that and I would not have to use my Roth IRA. That's correct. Yeah. And then you could pass that on to your beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. And that one you can count on. Yeah. You, you most likely will never need a backdoor Roth, but me- the win in the mega millions is yeah. that's going to happen. Good for I, you, Jen. It's part of my financial plan. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't this Once it year. exceeded a billion, I bought three tickets, one for <laughs> each of my kids. That's amazing. And we we won nothing. Oh so my then gosh. It, then when it hit 1.6 billion, I was like, I still want to have just, you know, a little skin <laughs> in the game, but I'll just buy one ticket this time. I don't need three. But like, <laughs> because what it's if, not really increasing my chances. What if one of your kids won? Like, what if one of them won? Yeah. How do you, did they agree to share? Like... Well, it's not like an office pool. So they didn't even know that they had. Oh, good. Good. Okay. That's for the best. I bought them. It would have been, if we had any winnings, it would have been like a family. Good. Good. (laughs) Family event. Yes. Bought in their name, not bought for them. There's a difference. Got it. Right. Always the best. Best strategy. Yeah, I don't think I'm allowed to buy it in their name since they're minors Um, in their honor but in their honor there you go Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yes well yeah i was hoping that it would be a college fund but no such luck this time Uh, Ah. maybe next time (laughs) (laughs) we'll see okay so moving on to our next question so abby says she has no clue about investing and hopefully the first half of this episode cleared up some of those things um but she also wants to know What's the best way to start on a super tight budget? And soon she'll be quitting her job um, and to work for herself. So she also wants to know what's the best option for investing once she does that too, which I'm sure she'll start on a super tight budget there too. Yeah, th- those are there are a couple of questions packed into there. I think yeah. that, mm-hmm. and we covered a little bit, right? Because if you're clueless about investing, the benefit, I think, in my opinion, the biggest benefit of investing is that even though investing in stocks and bonds, if you're doing bonds, 
those are risk assets. So there's good, you have to expect some volatility and there is risk, but you win because of the compound interest growth. And when you can do that, if you can co- compound your money, whether it's 5% or 8%, if you're lucky, it's double digits. Um, over the years, that is really powerful. I mean, that's how, that's why whenever you hear these examples about the earlier you start investing into your 401k, the better, and the more you contribute over time, by the time you retire, you can have, you know, way over a million dollars. It's because of that compounding that's a powerful thing. And that's why you want to consider investing. Um, Just like with trying to make the decision whether you should be contributing to the traditional IRA or the Roth IRA. I think it's a balanced approach, right? Even if you're on a tight budget, you might not have a lot of funds to invest, but you can invest a little bit. You know, you, you do what you can. I mean, you have to make some choices on mm-hmm. what money are you applying towards credit cards or student loan debt. Um, but I think a balanced approach is usually a good one in that if you can afford to invest a little bit, even if it's a small percentage, it's good to get into that habit and be in the game of uh, that, that you're thinking about it, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, um, building habits, it's like you're, you're reviewing your budget. You want to review your investments. And even if you're just doing like 1% or 2%, that's okay. Or just whatever start you can do, it just becomes part of your process and something that you're doing on a regular basis. And the earlier you start, the better. So if you can afford to do it, get started today. Mm. Amen. Nice. Yeah. Just even those small steps, I think it can be such a barrier to say, well, I don't have enough money. And maybe when when I'm older, maybe when I'm... And that's how you get into your 40s, 50s, 60s, having not really done anything. It's like, oh, geez. But if I would have started in my 20s, 30s and done what I could have and then not touched it. Yeah. Yeah. People think they have like so much time before retirement. But like, if you just think about it a little bit now then Mm -hmm. you don't have to think about it as much later down the road. Yeah. Every penny counts. Every penny. Yeah, every penny. (laughs) And then the part two of her question, if she's going to be leaving her job soon to be an entrepreneur and start her own business, then it's going to become her responsibility to set up some kind of retirement plan. And I don't know if she's going to be a solopreneur or eventually have employees, but... Um, you know, there are a few options beyond the Roth IRA and traditional IRA that we talked about. There's a SEP IRA, there's a solo 401k, there's a cash balance pension fund, and a simple IRA. So not to confuse her with even more choices, but I, I would say that when she starts her business, it's usually a time that's super busy, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to set up a business is not easy. And you're usually trying to figure out how am I going to make money and make this profitable Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. make sure that I'm going to have my company survive that like first year because so many Mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So oftentimes this retirement plan is something that gets put on the back burner, but keep it in mind that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's worth doing because you have to pay taxes. And as a business owner, there are benefits to having a retirement plan that you're saving taxes for yourself and you're also saving taxes for the business. And if you can save some money, going back to frugal friends, Mm -hmm. right, that's Mm -hmm. going to help your company 
be as profitable as you can. So it can be really complex. I'll just say that I think that the simple 401k, uh, if it's like a solopreneur or working with a spouse, usually works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of a, it's somewhat of a newer thing over the SEP IRA, which has been around longer and is super well used among business owners and sort of contract workers. But the simple mm-hmm. 401k, I think, is worth looking at because uh, there are some benefits. You're not only contributing as the employee, but you're also contributing as the employer. So I think that you can get some uh, benefits for not only you as the owner, but also for the company. Uh, so talk to a fee-only advisor if you can, because uh, you he or she can help make some of those comparisons and understand what your company looks like and what your needs are see what makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Nice. Andrew, one last question from our listeners. Um, This one's from Lauren. She says she hears financial bloggers and podcasters talk about saving $18,000 into their retirement account, and that's half her annual take-home pay. So she puts in about 4% for the company match. Other than the obvious of finding a better paying job, what can she do and how much should she put in so she can sleep at night knowing she'll be able to retire? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, super good question. And again, I I think it's a good question because it means that she's paying attention to this, Yeah, um, which is more than half the battle. I mean, Mm -hmm. too many of us just don't pay attention and ignore like our personal finances entirely. So, so kudos to her for that. Um, on my podcast, Inspired Money, I've talked to a lot of different guests who I don't know how they do it, but they've been able to save like 50% of their paycheck and max out retirement accounts and pay down debt. It's, it's really amazing how they do that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think my advice is really just, again, it's like, it's great that she's taking uh, advantage of her company match. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's free money. Mm-hmm. And then it's a matter of like, for anybody's personal finances, there are two sides. It's like you can either make more or you can spend less. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think frugal friends, you're trying to look at both sides, right? But you're trying yeah. to like save cost where you can. And when you look at those two sides, it's like, it comes down to the budgeting, I think, that they talk about like zero, what is it? It's like zero budgeting, whereby... Yeah, yeah zero-based budgeting. Yeah. So that like you're looking at next month and you're trying to allocate every expected dollar and where it's going to go. So if you can spend less and I don't know, if you can make more, whatever that combination works out to be, but then Mm -hmm. within your allocation, you're figuring out, can you sock more into the 401k? Mm -hmm. Um, How how can you actually make that happen? Because you can see where is it going to come from? But yeah, I think balanced approach, try to figure if you can map it out, then at least it gives you some clarity in an idea, like, how are you going to make it happen? I think you can be more strategic that way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've personally made a commitment to like spending less and making more money so that we can max out um, at least one 401k in our house. And and we do not make, I don't make much more than you learn. I make a very average American median household income. Um, but 
I know that like I'm 29 and this is the best, literal best time to invest because I have so much time for compound interest. So I would rather make it a priority now to cut back. And just like with paying off debt, people already think about this. I'd, I'd rather make the commitment now and take the sacrifices now to not mm. let that bad interest uh, you know, roll up and compound. It's the same with investing. I would rather uh, save now and give time for the good interest to compound. You know, that way when I have kids or want to travel more or work less, I don't have to worry as much about that. I can afford to put less into the 401k or IRA. Yeah. And then I think that, you know, it goes back to what we were saying that like costs keep being driven down Mm -hmm. and like there are so many choices because just last week in the headlines, there's talk about, and I can't remember, I think it's Wealthfront is offering free financial planning. And there is sort of buzz in the industry. Like, what does this mean to advisors? Are they using it as a loss leader? But I think for the investor that what you can read into it is that there are a lot of choices coming online. And if she wants to figure out how is she going to be able to reach her goals in retirement, that's part of it. It's doing Mm -hmm. the planning, trying to do some projections on, you know, what your income levels are, what your projected expenses are you sort of reverse engineer and say, what kind of investment returns annually do I need? So she can look into some of those things. If she Googles like free financial planning, just see what comes up and Mm -hmm. try to decide if that's Mm -hmm. an option worth pursuing or not. Yeah. Thank you. But that's brand new. That was just a headline this week, I think. That's crazy. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, you might be able to get a free financial plan. Wow. I don't know what that entails. I might Maybe try it out just to see what account. it entails. Right, exactly. <laughs> Guinea pig. Yeah. That's how you learn. I love that. I love That's that. That's how you find out. So, all right, Andrew, thanks so much for coming on. What mm-hmm. can we expect from Inspired Money, your podcast about investing in retirement? What can you expect? Uh, mm-hmm. Great question. I think that my goal even though I'm a financial advisor, is not to deliver a podcast that is super boring and dry. Um, (laughs) So that's why I I went with Inspired Money. I have a lot of fun with it every week. I invite different guests on. We keep it very fun and casual. And we do talk a little bit about money, but we also talk about things like purpose and meaning and happiness Mm. because it's just really fun talking to people from all different sort of occupations and jobs. But they have some level of success. So trying to get some insight into Mm, what drives them, what motivates them. And I say inspired money means uh, building something or giving it all away to make the world a better place. So I talk to entrepreneurs, I talk to artists, I talk, I'll talk to anybody, talk to authors. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, But you know, it's like you get a little money tip out of it, but really it's um, interesting people with interesting stories. Yeah. And uh, hopefully... The goal is to, if I can inspire someone with positive money stories, it'll mm. increase the chances that they'll actually look at their 401k or yeah. open their statement. Yeah. You know? yeah. Isn't that always the case? You know, you think you're just going to talk about money, but there's so much more. We are whole people and we bring all of ourselves mm-hmm. into what we do. So of course, this is going to impact every other area of life and it can be fun and it doesn't have to be scary or daunting. And yeah, it's great that you're opening up that conversation too and the platform that you're doing it. It's, that's great. 
Yes. Yeah, I'm having fun and uh, I'm learning a lot. So I figure I'm enjoying it. I learned something. I hope that some listeners will come along for the ride. And um, yeah, it's been good. Awesome. Excellent. Yes. Thanks so much, Andrew. We've enjoyed having you. You've given us a lot of really great content. I made notes for myself. So that's saying something. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Thanks for having me. And thanks. Thanks for including me among your frugal friends. Yes. Awesome. Always. Take care. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was fantastic, Jen. Uh, like I said, I took a lot of notes for myself. Maybe they'll make it in the show notes. Maybe they won't. I don't know. They're for me. Uh, but anyhow, there's more to be gained from us frugal friends here. It's November. It's the first day of November, actually for us as we record, we are reading the more of less by Joshua Becker for our monthly book club. And I'm so excited. Our next book, we already have it decided. Look at us. We're such future thinkers. Our next book in December will be The Millionaire Next Door, for those of you who might need to start putting that on hold at your local library. That's by Thomas J. Stanley. And the book is a compilation of research done by million or on millionaires that found that they don't necessarily show up where they where we think that they will or buy the things that we assume that they might be buying, it's a must read in the frugal book club. So, uh, join us in, in reading the more of less, but also be looking forward to that next book in December. Yes. Awesome. Uh, and if you want to win yourself a copy of the millionaire next door, we're actually giving away one for every five reviews we get in November, no limit. Uh, so Mm. To enter, leave a review on your podcast listening device, screenshot it, and send it to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com, and we will pick one. Mm. And if you want an example of a good review, again, it looks like five stars. Um, All of them are yellow or orange, depending on how you see those stars, but all of them are, are colored in. And this one comes to us from H. Barron, and she says, y'all need to tour, which (laughs) I agree. I didn't read that one. Frugal Friends Podcast is an entertaining and informative show that just feels like you're chatting with some old pals. I don't have a lot of friends I can discuss my debt-free journey with, so it's fun to listen to y'all. Y'all have made my commutes and runs more enjoyable and efficient. If you're ever in the Houston area, you've got a friend in me, signed Dr. Debt free. Yes. Yes. What do you think, Jen? Let's let's do it. Just because Dr. Debt Free said we should. Let's start the tour in Houston. Houston. Yes. Uh All right. I love the use of y'all too, (laughs) because I need that in my life. Oh my gosh. That's exactly what we're going for. And so if you feel like we're hitting the nail on the head, please leave us a review so that other people know what the show is about and they know if it's for them or not. Uh, So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Hit that subscribe button if you like it and turn it off if you don't. So (laughs) the the power is in your right. Regardless, you're not victims to us. Regardless, we're coming at you every Friday with more frugal goodness. So until next week, I'll feed us in. See ya. Frugal Friends is produced, edited and mixed by Eric Siriani.
Did you just speak German? Yeah, I did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was so it attractive. Came na- really? It came naturally. That's wow. it. Wow. My maiden name is German. I saw it happen through the screen as I talked to you, and I was like, whoa. I also gave a little salute. That girl is Nobody a could babe. babe. I- she is multilingual. Saluting. Right. I gave a politically a, correct salute, not like yes. the other kind of German salute. <laughs> Don't think about that. I gave, yeah. With your cute it's little side pony. I was just going to say how cute your bangs are today. It's a little. Oh, thank you, know? you. Yeah. Sometimes I got to get in some of that dry shampoo so I can make my not showering not so noticeable. You know, you mean that cinnamon and cornstarch? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> that DIY dry shampoo. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.